Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast. After a much-needed month off, the purchase of a Peloton, and against my better judgment, I have decided to resume this podcast with Bryce. Despite what Annie says, she's super excited to be back talking to me about our hiatuses, the introduction of yet another new segment called The Nobody's Place Politics, and the season premiere of Annie's Approval. All this and more coming up. Okay, we're recording. You can start. Okay, first of all, don't talk about it. I'm going to walk right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. Hey, I'm Bryce. We're the the nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, guys. Welcome to season two. Whoa. We never thought we'd be here. That's Um, we. I bet I thought we'd be here less than you did. (laughs) That's... That's very true. That's very yeah. true. I, I feel like we're still doing this on Zoom, um, but I, st- I feel like my apartment is just like, my backdrop is so bad and I'm working on it. I just want you to know I'm working on my backdrop. I, <laughs> it's the same as it always is. I know, but I was talking to my friend, Emily Jetter, and she sent me a whole template. She sent me a whole like <clears throat> PDF of all the things that I need to have like a man's apartment who lives in the city in his thirties. So I'm going to hopefully get some of those things. So it doesn't look like I live in like a college dorm room. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. This backdrop definitely doesn't give you credit. You have like a very man apartment. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah. Not for a long time, except on your birthday when I dropped off coffee for you and you were gone. Yeah. You really tried to be sneaky with that when you're like, uh, aren't you working from home? And I said, yes, which I was, but I was on an errand. Oh, I was at the sauna. Yeah. When I pulled up and your car wasn't there, I was like, this mother, <laughs> he told me he was working from home today. I was technically working from home. Just not at that time. Yeah. True. Okay, Annie, I want to get into the return of Peaks and Valleys. We were doing court winning, as you all know, and you almost had to go back to court winning, but yes. I digress. <laughs> but I want to yeah. talk about our, 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 uh, the, the turn, return of Peaks and Valleys, our hiatus edition. What did you, I mean, for the month off, what, what was your peak and what was your valley? I mean, my ultimate peak, quite honestly, was just having a break from you. <laughs> I knew kidding. you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, well, my peak is that I got a Peloton. Oh, yes. For I sure. forgot. I know. Um, my valley is that I had to go back into quarantine last week because I was exposed to COVID. Um, but I've had two negative COVID tests, so we good. Your immune system is like... I know. Fire, it really fire. is. It really is. Don't so do that, that was, your, that, but okay, is there anything more that you can tell about the Peloton? Are you so thrilled to have that in your apartment? It just got delivered today. So I ordered it a couple weeks ago. Um, we got to shout out my sister because she played a big role in it. Mm, um, yes. But I'm so excited. Today, when they like showed up to deliver it today, I, 
was physically shaking. I was so excited. Like, oh my God. I didn't know. I blurted out to the delivery guy who could not have cared less, but I was like, I'm, oh my God, I'm so excited. I don't know if I'm going to scream or cry. So if I do either, like, just ignore me. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then I was, I couldn't hold my hands steady. Like, I was so excited. And That's I very... have cried tears of joy when I took my first class tonight. We know the answer to that. Yes. And it was, yes. Yeah. The answer. But I, I was going to say that's very Jane McClay of you to like overshare to a person, a stranger, to a delivery person. So well, I'm, and that's very I, unlike I, me. I know. That's yeah. why it's, it's very amazing that you must've had like this hugely strong reaction because no one would be that excited. No. I mean, that's not true. I mean, with a Peloton, that's a pretty big gift and a big deal that you can yeah. use like literally every day. I've already ridden it once and I already bookmarked which ride I'm taking tomorrow before I leave for my meeting. I know. So, now you have to go to a meeting though that you're not going to be able to ride. I know. Just until Thursday night. Oh, that's good. And then you'll probably get a ride in then. Definitely. <laughs> After sitting still for two days, bet your ass I'm getting a ride in. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. nice. What about um, you? Okay, well... <laughs> As, as we like to do, my peak and valley are sort of the same. Um, I turned 33 last week, and it was actually one of the best birthdays I've had in recent years because, well, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say I'm so glad because you, oh, thank you did not have very high expectations. No, I did not. And I think what's interesting is, and I think that what not only us being in quarantine and in a pandemic – uh, was a reason, but I also think that uh, that that's what I that's why I thought it was going to be that great. But at the same time, the reason why it was great is because I was working from home and hashtag blessed. I started working at Kelly Clarkson show again um, last month. So again this season. So thank God uh, for a job <laughs> and thank God for that show. Yes, uh, but I was actually able to like answer the phone when people called me instead of having to ignore them because I was at the office. You know, normally I would never, I would never be able to answer the phone. Yeah, because I'd always be at work. I mean, if it's if it's not a, you know, if it's a weekend, maybe then. But it was really nice to hear from so many people. Like I, I talked to, I just, I got FaceTimes and calls and texts and Instagrams and. Facebook yeah. messages. It was really good for my mental health. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it was good for like your attention-seeking behavior. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, it was like the focus. I think that this podcast, you know, lets me have this fo- have the focus be on me for an hour a week, and I've just been really missing that. But that also leads to my yeah. valley, which you kind of you kind of already said, which is that I turned thirty-three last week. <laughs> and it's so weird because, like, I and I don't know if 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 other people, I'm sure other people out there probably feel this way, but I never, I'm not a person that like hates their birthday. I, I actually hate people that hate their birthday. Cause it's like, it's coming, you know, it happens every year. And like you, to your point, like love having attention. Yes. And so to have a day that's solely dedicated to you and you to not look forward to it, I was concerned. Well, the pressure I think was mounting too. I think the pressure of birthdays too, because you're like, I love the attention, but it's almost like I want the non-obvious attention. Like something that for me, like my birthday is like that happens to everyone. So it's like an if I if I have an accomplishment, then that then I want attention for it. I want like give me the attention. Yeah, but that if it's you, like my that, birthday, this way more of a narcissist. Saying, what you're saying right now makes you super likable. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm really relating to everybody. Everyone's really relating to me right now. Yeah, because what um, you're referring to is my worst nightmare. Well, yeah. Like, give me attention on my birthday because it's obvious. Otherwise, like, I, I will be sarcastic to the max to deflect attention away from me. And I, that actually might surprise people because I do say things that draw a lot of attention. Yeah, but well... I don't like having all the attention on me. I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, certainly fair. It's like, I, I don't know why that is the case. Um, but I've had this like really negative reaction to my birthday the last, since I was like, since I turned 31 and I don't know why, I don't know why it is. I don't know what, what, like, I mean, I think it is just like getting older, but like, it's so irrational because I, I tend to focus like, as opposed to focusing on the positives of the previous year, like all the things that you've accomplished, I tend to focus on all the things that I don't have. And I right. actually hate, I hate that so much because at my core, I don't think that's who I am anyway. And I just don't want to be one of these people that is like so unsatisfied with their life all the time. Cause then how are you ever going to have like true happiness or whatever? You know, you're never going to be yeah. able to find that if you're constantly like, you know, I think it's one thing to be ambitious and it's another thing to completely debase yourself all the time. Right. So I, you know, the other thing is, is like, you know, we were texting with Ariel. I was texting with you guys last week, like early in the week. My birthday was on Friday and I'm, I think we were texting earlier on like Monday or something. And I remember, you know, telling you all the, my concerns and like, you know, I just wasn't, and I just don't feel like I'm where I am need to be professionally or personally. And, and I, I just, it was funny because when I was talking about that stuff, I didn't even realize like we started this podcast right after my 32nd birthday. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even thought about that yeah. in that conversation. Like I didn't even think about it until maybe even on my birthday. And I was like, that, this is a huge accomplishment. Not only this is something that I'm like super proud of, but I'm so grateful that I have it. And I also like love to brag about it. Yeah. And so it just doesn't make any sense why, you know, I didn't even think about it. It didn't even come to mind. Like that's, I don't know what that says about it, but. Well, no, but you and I, we talked about this because I think the anxiety and like the feelings you were having around your birthday, it was all heavily based in what like society tells you you should have. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> society's like screaming at all of us to not do a podcast. <laughs> so everyone's like, please God, not another podcast. <laughs> please god do something but anything think, else exactly so i think like that probably is part of why it never came to your mind because i think for especially coming from nebraska it's like oh you're turning 33 well oh, yeah. where's your wife where's your kid where's your house you own instead oh of looking at it as you've been away from home and your safety net for 10 years you have been and this is what i told you you have been yeah. consistently employed in hollywood since you got here and like, oh, just because you. you're not exactly where you want to be, I even looked up the mo the average age of a <laughs> Annie, Hollywood writer. Actually, Annie, you guys, she actually did this. <laughs> yes, I looked up. I was like, what is the average age of a Hollywood show writer? Because I was like, there's no fucking way that it's 33. <laughs> like 90% of 33-year-olds in Hollywood are unemployed. The average age is 46. Oh my God. See, this is a good friend. This is a good friend, like people. A, a great, great friend. Life, you still have like another third of your life to pass before you become the average age. Like there's so much 
time. It's so ridiculous. And no, but you are hitting the nail on the head. Like, this is what I was thinking, you know, some, you know, like from a professional standpoint, of course, I want to be making more money and have more responsibility at work and blah, 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 like what everybody wants. And from a personal standpoint, it's kind of like what you're saying. I mean, when you come from Nebraska, it is weird to be 33 and where, where I may and like not have a wife, family, kids, everything, a house. But I think where I do differentiate and what I was thinking about is that, you know, the fact that I have never really been in a serious relationship. And I think that kind of weighs on me at this point. And I honestly really don't know anybody else in my shoes. I'm sure you might, but the only person that I know who's in their thirties and hasn't been in a serious relationship is Phoebe Buffay from Friends. And you've told me multiple times not to compare yourself to fictional characters. Correct. So, <laughs> so I mean, this leads into kind of what I was thinking too, what it, which is another sort of peak is during the hiatus is I was you know, going on dates more and I put more of an emphasis on that because it is something that I feel like I want to, I, I need to like put more time and effort into. And that's probably why I'm seeking therapy. But it's just like, it's interesting because I always look at it like my job comes first. Okay. So it's like, it's the, dating is not at like the top of my mind anyway, but it's like, because first of all, my job comes first, then my professional extracurriculars like this podcast and my big brother after show called Outside the House, which, which is on Thursdays on YouTube. I'm going to get that out. <laughs> and, and then my personal extracurriculars, which is hanging out with my friends and drinking an entire case of hard seltzer in one sitting. And then it's like dating. So I think that it's just about perspective too. It's about just like allowing, like allowing me myself to have that to like, you know, put more emphasis in my personal life and maybe not focus so much on everything, everything else. But I think you're right. It's mostly this quiet comparison of people that are in Nebraska who are my age, who are my friends, who are living completely different lives than I am, different lives than I am. And I think it's okay. And I think I did learn, like, it was a really good lesson to learn, like, with everyone, you know, all the nice things that everybody said for my birthday. And, And it was just a good, it was a really good indicator of like, okay, you know, you just, you see to take it step by step and, you know, seek help, seek help. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, Ultimately, and- like the whole lesson forever for you should just be to seek help. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also there was an interesting, I, I listened to Chelsea Handler's episode of Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. I told, mm-hmm. told you this. And she said something that really struck with me is like, she always, she always thought it was weak to, to admit that she wanted a relationship, like a romantic relationship. She always thought it was weak or it was some sign of weakness and um, like, oh, I don't need anybody. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I have myself and that's fine. And I kind of feel that same way um, a little bit. And it's okay. I mean, it just kind of reinforced, like, it's okay to admit that. It's okay that you're looking for a relationship or that you want to experience that or you want to do something that's- Why, that's why do you think it would be weak to admit that? I don't know. I mean, I think it's just sort of like a- you know, that will come in time. That's just sort of how I was raised. It was like, you know, that'll come, like you have to get your, I mean, I wasn't a great student in school. So I think that was a lot of my, my parents always wanted me to focus on that instead of anything else. Like even friendships, they were like, you need to focus on your schoolwork because if you are able to excel in school and in education, you'll excel in job and you'll excel X, Y, Z and everything else will come in time. It's kind of like the right. way that it that it was played to me. And it's like, I think the fact that I'm in a place, you know, where I am there, I'm so like, certainly in my thirties. And it's like, I think that at this point in time, I think that's why I was getting down on myself. Cause I was like, at this point in time, you think I'd have like all these things would have fallen in line by now, but it's like, that's just not the way that 
life and reality is. So, well, anyway. but I also think because that's kind of like your, how your mindset is, and you have like this checklist of like perfect career, perfect <laughs> friends, perfect extracurriculars, then I can find a wife. Like, I think maybe subconsciously, and I could be wrong, I'm not a therapist. You should, you get should one. be. Um, <laughs> but my, th- my thing is subconsciously, I think you won't allow yourself to move on to like your next step, so to speak, yeah. until it's like I'm a head writer of a TV show. That yeah, may not come until you're 50. Like, why, and that's okay. But like, why would you put the rest of your life on hold? Like exactly. all of these things can happen simultaneously. <laughs> I know. How can, can you believe it? Like it's not, it's, it's totally possible. I mean, I can, cause I've been living. This is why I've been in my apartment too long. Like I've just been sitting in my apartment too long. Anyway, I'm seeking a therapist. So if anyone has, if anyone in the blue cross blue shield network uh, knows of anyone, send me recommendations, but let's please move on from this. Uh, but okay. thank you for all of your support during this time. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously, you really helped. You really helped. You and Ariel really helped, especially like just giving giving perspective. Like it's nice to just have perspective sometimes. And well, and you sometimes know. you need to be told that you're being insane. Absolutely. Like and not just you, every person. No, no, no. And everybody, and seriously, this is that's what I wanted to bring this up because I think it is something that, you know, it's it's embarrassing to it and sort of admit all this. And I mean, I'm don't get embarrassed really that easily, but I'm I'm just saying that if I help, if if you know other people are feeling this way, like you know, it's it's okay, it's normal, especially in this time. And I think that's what I just have to keep telling myself, like especially now and especially when like the world's on fire, quite literally sometimes, and you know, you just need to you know, get some perspective, go for a walk, you know? <laughs> yeah. I also think it's important to say that it's okay if you, cause I think that's a very yes. common feeling Yes, to be anxious around your birthday. It's also okay if you're not like, for Absolutely. example, I I'm 31 and the last 18 months being in my thirties have been the best 18 months of my life. That's so amazing. I like look forward to it. Yeah. But also, I established a career very early. So that was kind of just like off the table. Mm-hmm. So I think I would also never get into what you're getting into because I cannot handle the instability of it. <laughs> so that's oh, admirable, I know. That's admirable oh, I know. also. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate that. And I think, I think it is just, you know, my, my dad likes to say, he's like, this sounds like you're practicing for when you're, famous, when you're a famous Hollywood person. <laughs> He's like, this sounds like famous people. Yes, exactly. Famous Hollywood elite. I'm like, okay, yeah. conservative father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really, it's, it's, it is true. And I just, I want, if anyone else is like, you know, feeling this way, like you said, it's okay to feel anything, you know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's not uncommon and it's not weird. It's just that, you know, it's just about finding, like, if you can find perspective, do it and do whatever you can to make it so you don't have to like, like you're feeling under this pressure. And sometimes that is cabin fever. And sometimes that is like not being able to go anywhere, or see really anybody. So yeah. Anyway. And sometimes your life just actually sucks. And yeah. Like, and that's that. fine as well. <laughs> like feel bad about it. I mean, don't, don't try not to do too long. And, if, and if nothing else fails, you know what to do. What I told yeah. you I was going to do, which is get in the car, roll down all the windows and blare a no matter high enough. Thank you, mama. Well, Yes. Okay, we're, we're moving on. Uh, Annie, are you so excited that I came up with a new segment? I mean, I would expect nothing less. I okay. was actually, you know, what's funny is I was talking to my mom today. 
And I was like, yeah, I'm going to record with Bryce tonight. We are season two premieres on Friday. And she was like, oh, what are you guys going to talk about? And I was like, no clue. <laughs> I was like, Bryce, I love that you show up. I'm just you're showing just- up. You show up and you're like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, and I like, I see you in the, when I'm, when we're reading the deep teases and you're like, oh, okay, got it. Oh yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> That's when I learn for all the listeners out there. I learn what we're talking about when I either receive the deep tease or I listen to him say it. Like I have no idea. <laughs> so yes. Okay. I'm well, let's, start, let's get started with. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Now it's time for a brand new segment for a brand new season called the nobody's play politics. It's pretty self-explanatory, but this segment, but in this segment we'll be doing every week leading up to the election where we discuss what's going on in the political realm. So let's get started with Trump's taxes. By now you've probably heard that the New York times reported that Trump paid no federal income tax in 10 of the 15 years from 2001 through 2015. In 2016 and 2017, he paid just $750. That is 100 more than the federal government was given. Anyway, uh, he, paid a, he paid little tax because his substantial income, including hundreds of millions of dollars in proceeds from The Apprentice, was in many years fully offset by tax credits or losses in other businesses. For example, the Times reports Trump claimed $162.3 million in losses through 2018 from his Doral, Florida golf resort alone. The bottom line from the Times report is that Trump has had small federal taxes, tax bills, and major financial losses during his business career, and some of his tax maneuvers have come under legal scrutiny and will continue to do so in years to come. So I'll just go ahead into my... I mean, I have several problems with this, obviously, but I want everyone to, like the listeners to know, and maybe, Annie, you're asking yourself this question, but why should you care? And let me just tell you why you should care about this. Regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, you should care about how this story is being spun. Let me first, by, let me first start by saying that Trump has not yet found, has been found to have committed tax evasion, which is illegal. He has done, what he has done is called tax avoidance, a tactic used by rich people to maximize their wealth. Now, liberals are already quick to jump on the bandwagon of saying Trump is broke, but that is the wrong angle in my opinion, mostly because his low tax bills do not necessarily imply that he is broke. If he is as terrible a business as Democrats say he is, then it makes sense as to why he would not pay income tax because the report claims that he basically has no income. So if you dislike Trump and want him out of office, then you should not be pushing the Trump is broke party line to your family, coworkers, dinner group, annoying neighbor. You should be doubling down on the fact that Trump is further proving himself to be a swindler, a con man, and a fake, and that his entire brand, lifestyle, and image is just one giant golden turd statue. The Democrats need to push that need to push that Trump is obsessed with power and his own personal gain, and he's using the presidency to manipulate the tax code to make it even more favorable to himself and to rich people like him. So I would now turn it over to you, Annie. Well, I would just like to say that I pay $750 in federal income tax in every fucking check. Yeah. like I just no looked it up. Kidding. While you were reading that, that I pulled my pay stub. $747 federal income tax per check, not month, so what, every two weeks? per 
check. Yes. Wow. I mean, like so. this, this is what I'm talking about. This is the thing. It's like the reason why. And I am by also. I am by no means wealthy. I live in a one bedroom apartment that sometimes you have a loft. Okay. You have a loft. You have a loft. Okay, fine. I have a one and a half bedroom apartment. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But my point is like, I am by no means wealthy. Like how in God's name is a millionaire. I'm not even going to say billionaire because he can fuck off and we know he's not a billionaire. He's how can a millionaire pay less in federal income tax than someone like me who in LA is middle class. Yeah. I mean, like nurses, teachers, there's every profession pays more than this. It's crazy. A Starbucks barista pays $2,800 a year in federal income income tax. A fucking barista. Exactly. Which by the way, no hate on that because I'd be dead without you. (laughs) Well, and and job security. I mean, that's that is a one that is one place that is still yeah. going, and there's no and you, they probably have benefits and everything. Not I, whatever. But what I'm saying is that that just like we're recording this on Monday, where this doesn't mm-hmm. air till Friday. But the first debate between Trump and Biden is tomorrow. Right. It's on Tuesday. Can't wait for that. But what I'm saying is, is that this needs to be placed in an angle like we shouldn't be just like. Trump is so broke because no one cared about that in 2016. Mm-hmm. They tried, they tried so bad. Like he is not, a, he is, he's not who he says he is. He's like not as rich as he says he is or insists he is. And nobody believed him because his entire brand is based off of being rich. Like he has gold crusted bullshit all over his New York apartment. His whole thing is about money in the boardroom and the apprentice. Every, all of this is part of his brand of being rich and elite. So we well, have my to- thing is, I honestly don't give a shit how much money he actually has. I care that what he's doing, and this is the point I think that you made with reading what, wherever your source was. But well, some of it was me. <laughs> well, bravo. <laughs> no, but I think what yes. I care about, and I think what most people should care about, is the fact that as long as something benefits him, he's on board. He's right. all for it. But if it doesn't benefit him, like you might as well kiss whatever policy it is goodbye. Exactly. Uh, Hence the healthcare issue. Like that's why repealing Obamacare is fine for him. He can pay for health insurance. What's going to happen to how many millions of Americans that have pre-existing conditions that cannot afford healthcare? Millions of people. It's like 180 million, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that's that. That's half the fucking population. I thought it was like 300 million or something, but maybe I was wrong about that. Well, isn't the population of the U.S. 350 million? Maybe. We should know that. <laughs> Actually, we should not. I mean, we're not experts, remember? I, the facts. <laughs> we're not experts on the population control. But I will, I, I do, I totally agree with you, though. I think that this is a... I think what people should care about is the fact that if you are voting for him... And, like, listen, I'm... We know where I stand, which is, what is it? 300, 331 million. Don't yeah, I think it's like 180 million have pre-existing conditions. I just think that if, you know, I mean, you, you obviously, everyone who's listening to this knows where we stand on this. But the, prob- the thing is, is that if you are voting for him based on the fact that he is a great businessman or he is a businessman, he has successful businesses and stuff, not saying that that's completely untrue, but the fact is, is that that should not be the reason that you should vote for the leader of our country because he's a good businessman. 
I just think that's a reason that a, that a lot of people say, or because he's rich and he obviously knows how to, you know, generate money, but look at our economy. So I'm just, I, I just wanted to bring that to light instead of, you know, saying like he, he's such an asshole, but we all well, know And that also that's- like, I would be a lot richer if I only paid $750 and Exactly. What I mean, in the that- hell? I should look up. That's mine. like an extra fifteen grand in my pocket every every year. <laughs> but imagine, I mean, that's that's almost that's almost fifteen hundred dollars a month. That's what I'm saying. Pretty, like, I mean, huge. Yeah. God, you could we God, could, you could go I to brunch so every much. every you could go to brunch every weekend day. I mean, I could own a two or not own. I could have a two bedroom apartment. Yes. Yes. Moving on up. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, oh, I know. Moving on. Uh, while we were on hiatus, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a history-making judge, feminist icon, pop culture heroine, known lovingly as the notorious RBG, and overall national treasure, died on September 18, 2020, at age 87 due to com- complications of pancreatic cancer. <clears throat> Ginsburg became only the second woman ever to serve as a justice on the nation's highest court. She struggled against blatant, blatant sexism throughout her career as she climbed to the pinnacle of her profession. A lifelong advocate of gender equality, she was fond of joking that there would be enough women in, on the nine-seat Supreme Court, quote, when there are nine. Uh, I just want to say thank you, RBG, for being a champion for equality and shattering all glass ceilings. Annie, what would you like to say? Um, I echo those sentiments. It that was a really sad day, and yeah. unfortunately, I think it's going to get very scary for women and <clears throat> the LGBTQ community. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's going to get scary. I think for a while. Well, as you're mentioning, just like you said, Ginsburg is now poised to be replaced by Trump's Supreme Court Justice nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, who at 48 years old could become the youngest justice in the country's highest court. Barrett has been criticized by liberals and praised by conservatives for her strong Catholic faith, her ties to a religious group called People of Praise, and the fact that she is seen as a as an originalist or textualist. It's a philosophy that looks strictly at the text of the constitution or statute and tries to apply original intention from the framers, you know, when women didn't have any rights and slavery helped build our country. Um, Go ahead. What is the name of the religion that, I know it's some like offshoot of Catholicism. What is it called? um, It's, uh, well, I know it's, it's, well, the religion I'm not sure of. Yeah, you, it, just read, has, you just read it. People oh, it's a, it's a religious group, People of Praise. Okay, That's People of Praise. Group. Just in case people are living under a rock, that group of people, until The Handmaid's Tale came out on Hulu in 2017, women were referred to as handmaids. I swear to God. I, I know. know you want to laugh. That's they wore a handmaiden. A handmaiden. I mean, they, that's what, I think that they wore those. They believe that God. They they believe that the that the man is the 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 head of the family, and I mean, which there's I mean, again, there's nothing like terribly wrong with that, but it shouldn't be like Bible, literally Bible. Here's the thing. Say, I understand. I do understand where men feel like they don't have a place right now. Like I get where that sentiment comes from. I understand that men. Like, I can be a feminist and still understand that the man is the head of the household, like, and have a respect for that. Yeah. 
I, what I do not have respect for is anyone considering women property or being less than. Yeah. That's like unacceptable. It's just, it is so disturbing. And I cannot believe that this woman is the potential justice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. It's so annoying. Like, first of all, we should not swear in another justice until after the election. I wish I I wish I could underline and bold that sentence in speaking (laughs) with a million exclamation points after, because it would be incredibly hypocritical if they do this because they swore when Barack Obama tried to, uh, he, uh, what is it, appointed Merrick Garland, and they denied it because they said the next president should be the one to do it. That was way before the election, by the way. And also, if this goes through, this will be the third justice appointed by President Trump. Right. I don't even like calling him that. Just call him Trump. That's what I do. Or fuck Um, ass. (laughs) Secondly, let's please refer to the Establishment Clause and Free Exercise Clause from the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, which reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation of church and state. I don't care that this woman is a... Catholic. First of all, I think that's great. I was raised, we were both raised Catholic. It was great. It's great. Okay. I don't mind you. I, that doesn't bother me. The fact is, and I'm not, we're not, I don't want to get into this because it's too long of a conversation, but basically it should just not be a dictate. Now she says it's not going to be an issue, but I just don't want this to be dictated by her religion because it's just not, it just shouldn't be that way. I mean, we should have, we, you can, you can practice everything outside of, outside of the government. It just should no have no. There's no place for it. Oh, also, other fun facts about Amy: she voted to uphold the Trump's administration's public charge rule, which adds barriers for immigrants seeking green cards if they rely on public benefits, food stamps, or housing vouchers. Courthouse News Service reported. And while she was on the Seventh Circuit, Barrett wrote that the Second Amendment did not necessarily ban people convicted of felonies from owning a gun. According to the New York Times, Judge Barrett is a new kind of icon for some, one of one we have not seen before in America, culturally and political, in cultural and political life, a woman who's both unabashedly ambitious and deeply religious. So the thing is that I can see why conservatives want to vote her in ASAP. I mean, this is something that, you know, I'm sure people were very happy when, sadly, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away because that, because of issues pertaining surrounding the Supreme Court. Yeah. Which I, again, I don't want to get into, but it's just, it's like, I mean, I think we sent that, did we send that like meme? It was like, Amy Coney Barrett is poised to like shut every door that Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. (laughs) Which is true. I mean, also like, I think, and I know this is a touchy subject, but I know she is, like considers abortion always immoral and not a popular opinion by a lot of people that I'm close with, but I am very, very, let me be very clear, pro-choice. And that I think really freaks me out because if you are against abortion, that's fine. Don't get one. Don't have one. 
if, but don't tell another person what they can or cannot do with their body. It's, it's a really touchy subject for you. You don't want anyone. I mean, I agree with you. It's like, just don't like tell anybody what to do with their bodies. That's it. Like, I just, I'll, I don't know if there is, would I have one? No, but that doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yes, it's yeah. just, and I know it's touchy and I know we may get yeah. kickback on that, but that is going to be probably the hottest topic yeah. of surrounding her. Well, and that's the thing. I think that this is going to be brought up in the debates. I mean, this is going to be yeah. something that, that they're going to have to address either way. I mean, it's going to be on both sides. You know, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be an issue that's going to have to be addressed. Not only her appointment, but all of the things regarding it down to the down to the bottom. You know, right. and so yeah, it's very touchy, and it's very yeah. it's just like it's it's like 2020 needs to just like calm the fuck down. Like I, I'm telling myself to calm down. Like this whole year just needs to chill because it's just like there's too much. It's just too much. I mean, we're on. we're quite literally living through history, and I don't think that any of us will understand the impact until. I mean, either a this election's going to pass, and everyone's going to look back and be like, "Holy shit, 2020, what a year." If Biden gets elected or if Trump gets reelected, I mean, three years from now is going to be a very scary place. It's going to be like the ter- it's going to be like the Terminator after Judgment Day. Like, I that's mean, we're going to need to find another planet to live on. First yeah. of all, because they, not- they found water or something on Venus. So there's a possibility there. Yeah, but the gas in the atmosphere is too toxic. Damn it. But no, I'm just saying like it, it is what it is. Okay, let's move on before yeah, I get too riled up. I know. It's like we've been a, we've been a hot button hot button episode right out right out the gate. People are gonna love it. But now we're moving on to we do have one more tough story. But after that, we're we are gonna move on to well, this is in Annie's approval. But we're moving on to our favorite segment, which is like I just said, Annie's approval. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first the first subject is also touchy, but I want to address this because I think we should and we both you we both talked about this so uh ex-cop Brett Hankison pleads not guilty to wanton endangerment in Breonna Taylor case according to TMZ Brett Hankison the lone uh Louisville cop charged in connection with the Breonna Taylor case has just entered his plea in court not guilty. Hankison appeared by audio conference call Monday to enter his plea during his arraignment for wanton endangerment Remember, the grand jury did not indict him for shooting and killing Brianna. The charges are for shooting into her neighbor's apartment. The now-fired officer indicted on three counts of wanton endangerment in the first degree, was later booked and released after paying 15000 in bail. Wanton endangerment carries a maximum penalty of five years if convicted. A member of Brianna's family, family's legal team said the fact that Hankison was charged for wanton endangerment for, of other people besides Brianna is quote, outrageous and offensive. So Annie, I don't even think I need to ask you, but do you approve? This is another story that makes me so sad. Um, I mean, I know that it floated around Instagram when all of this news broke, but a woman is dead at the hands of police 
and he was only charged for the bullets that missed. Yeah. And that's that, how much we care about. That is just, it's, it's hard to even like fathom that that's yeah. a thing in America in 2020. Um, it was also exactly 65 years, I believe, um, to the day that Emmett Till's killers got off. And if that doesn't tell you the state of America, I don't know what will. Also, well, and the fact- reports just came back because the whole argument from the, from the jump is that they started firing because Breonna Taylor's boyfriend fired a gun fired first, first at the officers. Um, the ballistic report came back and said that that is not true. So they also, it's like why, and then there's other people that are saying, oh, well, Brianna Taylor wasn't actually in her bed when they killed her. It's like, how is that relevant at all? At all, quite literally how, at all, number one. Number two, the fact is, is that, like you said, if this isn't the state of America, now granted, this may not be as strong of a crime, but then we, we have a person that's running for president who has been, I mean, I should say whatever, whatever he was doing, avoiding taxes for years, but he's going to be the highest person in the country. And yet- The leader of the free world. The leader of the free world. And we can't even, because he's a rich white guy, it's every, basically it's okay. Can you imagine, can you imagine if that news would have come out about Obama? Oh my God, they would have lacerated him. I just saw something from the Lincoln Project this week that basically said, or no, maybe, I'm sorry, it wasn't the Lincoln Project, it was the Daily Show, that they were all on the on, on like Fox News, there was a ton of conservative talk about in 2009 when the Obamas went on a date night to New York and it was like, it, they were talking about all the things that it, they had cost, that it cost them, all the stuff and, they, and then it ended with, yeah, no other president has done anything worse than this. They were like, I can't believe you would have the taxpayers pay a, te- a helicopter ride to get there and to for, to escort into the theater and to like pay for this lavish dinner and all this stuff. And you're like, but yeah, they're talking about soup recipes when Trump's taxes come out. So like, how does that make any sense to anybody? Well, and how many days has President um, Fuckface played golf this year? Oh, I mean, I think around 60, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe more. No, I think there's 60 days he hasn't played golf. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I mean, it's... Like, the it's hypocrisy, beyond. the hypocrisy, I truly cannot. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well... Um, but, but final yeah, clutch ahead. on Breonna Taylor. Um, we cannot stop talking about this. We cannot stop fighting for her. And I, I mean... It's just, it's so wrong on so many levels. And that guy deserves to be in prison. Well, I just also want to commend you for wanting to talk about this because I texted you and asked if you wanted in. Then I even, because we have a, we have kind of a heavy episode this week. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. everybody. But like a lot has happened uh, in the month that we were gone. And I just, I wanted to make sure that, you know, you were okay with talking about it. And I'm really glad that you were like, yes, I think we need to talk about this because I agree with you. I think it, we need to keep talking about stuff like this. And we yes. need to keep putting our money where, where our mouths are. And it's like, this is, this is a really important subject. And even as me asking, 
if I wanted it to, like, I was like, texted you, I felt guilty about that because I was like, of course, Breonna Taylor's getting the shaft even in our fucking episode. It's like, no, we should talk well, about that's, her. I mean, if there's one thing that I will never be quiet about, and I don't care, friends, family, whatever, I don't care who I lose in my life, I will never stop talking about the injustices being done to Black people in this country. I won't because it's so glaringly obvious. And if you're going to sit there and deny it, you have no place in my life and you have no place anywhere around me or the people I love. So Amen. that's all I have to say about that. That was very well said. Okay, moving on to some lighter stories. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Phil begs TikTok followers to stop calling him daddy. Dr. <laughs> Phil McGraw popped up on TikTok on Thursday to pop off to his followers who keep calling him daddy. It seems that a lot of people who follow his posts refer to him as daddy in the comments, and he apparently is annoyed about it. He says, I hate to break it to you, but I ain't your daddy, and your real daddy is probably getting his feelings hurt, Phil said. (laughs) I appreciate the support. It's a little weird, but I appreciate the support. Annie, do you approve of Phil trying to stop this? Um... I don't know. I love this story so much. Um, Okay. I don't know if I've explained to you my personal journey with Dr. Phil. You have not, but I am am buckling my seatbelt right now. Okay. So I always, always just thought that he was like the most annoying person on TV. I was like, okay. Like the sexiest person. I was going to lose my <laughs> no, like I was, <laughs> I was just always like, okay, you're trying to be like a sophisticated fucking uh, Jerry Springer. Like, yeah. stop. Right. I listened, this will come as no surprise, to Dax Shepard's podcast with Dr. Phil. And within 15 minutes, he quickly became one of my favorite celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> he is so funny. And, like, I just think that he is, like, the greatest. What a 180. Oh, my God. In a matter of 15 minutes. I, I, we, first of all, Dax Shepard should be, we, he should be paying us because we've literally talked about his podcast about three I times. I know. I adore him. But what <laughs> I was going to really say go with this story, it makes it even funnier to me. Now that I have the opinion that I do about Dr. Phil, it kills me that people call him daddy i didn't even know this was a thing <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> but honestly like it that's hysterical and it's he amazing. needs to just let him <laughs> yeah i i had it in one of my jobs i we did uh he was the sub a subject on a talk show that we did and i did do like a ton of research for him and like so i know some really weird stuff about dr phil and how he like became who he was and he was like this, talk about somebody who didn't peak until they were older. Like he didn't even, like nobody even knew he was until like he was o- over 50. Yeah. And he like has it, now he's like so rich. I know. He's like he's, a tennis court. Have he's you listened to, have you listened to that episode? No. You have But he to. loves classic cars. I told you, I know really weird stuff about him. No, he's, I mean, he's but he like gets no, into no, like the issues he's had with his, like he had with his dad like he was all of a sudden not I have no issues with my dad but what like he was all of a sudden so relatable like in the stories he was telling yeah. about childhood and like 
the relationship with his siblings, like just everything. I was like, you are so relatable and so funny. And he was throwing out zingers, like you, like one liner zingers that I was like, this dude, I need to get a beer with this dude. Like he <laughs> rocks. Um, well, it makes I mean, sense that people call him daddy. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> makes sense to I Annie mean, that they, everybody calls. I'm disturbed and I would never do it, but I get it. <laughs> I'm going to clip this and be like, who's Annie talking about? <laughs> who's Annie talking about daddy? Okay. let's. Oh, so do you approve? Of him telling people to stop? Yeah. No. Oh, you want people to continue. Well, they were all like, sorry, daddy. Sorry about that, daddy. Sorry. Everyone like was responding. I mean, to, okay, like, listen, I have an issue in general with girls calling men daddy. Like, I think it's super it's creepy. Or guys calling themselves daddy, which I have done. I know you have, and <laughs> you need to stop doing that. <laughs> Why? I can do it. I can do it. I'm the only no. one that can. Absolutely not. There, I can think of at least 10 people that have the right to do it before you. <laughs> but I do, not, I do not approve of girls calling men or women calling men daddy. I don't approve of that. But in, in, except for Dr. No, no, no. Even with Dr. Phil, like, like girls used to call my little brother daddy and it freaked me out. What? Yeah. People, girls used to refer to Sammy as daddy and it, it, like I hate that it. That is pretty gross. And especially it's so as, gross. And so that I don't approve of. Especially but I since also, he looks so young. Right. Well, and at the time he was like 17. Um, <laughs> but I also don't approve of Dr. Phil like asking people to stop. Maybe they should call him <laughs> Zaddy. <laughs> what is Zaddy though? I don't know. I just hear oh, it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I've heard it before. Someone's called me that. That's definitely not true. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, last story for your approval. Vietnamese condom factory accused of recycling used prophylactics. Uh-huh. Vietnamese police said they were investigating a factory that was found recycling about 320,000 used condoms for resale, local media reported on Thursday. The factory owner allegedly admitted to buying used condoms, washing them, and packing them into new packages. Following a tip, no pun intended, from a local (laughs) resident near Ho Chi Minh City, where they found used condoms being repacked for sale at at the market. An inspector said the owner of the factory, a 34-year-old woman, confessed that she bought used condoms from a man in the province. The condoms were then washed, reshaped, and packaged into plastic packages, the newspaper said. The police announced that they will investigate and track down others involved in the operation. Annie, do you approve of repurposing used condoms? Absolutely not. (laughs) I actually saw this story. No, you Uh, didn't. I did. I saw, I did. Um, Do you you have a Google alert on condoms or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, I want to say I saw it on like the CNN Instagram. (laughs) it's so embarrassing (laughs) but i believe when i saw the story i looked at t and i showed it to him and i said what the fuck is 2020 (laughs) because i mean who in god's name 
came up with that idea? 320,000 used condoms. What? They, well, and and she said that like, she only bought them from one guy? But also, like, how are they being washed? I don't know, like a dishwasher? You can just, like, Imagine, put Imagine, who do you think has that job of having to reshape them? Let's put that, like, let's make that, like, a prison job. Like, a, hell, a job in hell. <laughs> no, that's beneath even people. Like, there's a reason that it's a one-time use yes. situation. I just like the whole when you really start to think about it it's like it does make you sick it it does does. make you like like, your stomach gets how did we get here like is there a condom shortage maybe is there a plastic shortage a latex shortage maybe a lot of people are I mean I I don't know how you repack I mean I guess you could repackage them but how do you like do you like literally like fold them back that's up. What I, that's what I'm saying. Who is tasked with reshaping them? <laughs> you have to just roll them back up. I feel like I'm milking a cow or a cat. Yeah. No, it also like, I mean, but then, I mean, still washing them. I was thinking dishwasher. You put them like on the little, on the. <laughs> no. All right, let's end this episode. <laughs> let's just end this now. <laughs> oh my God. Everyone, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have to unload my dishwasher oh. after this, and I'm. Oh, not you're never going to be able to do that without thinking no. about it. Gross. Well, that's our show, Annie. Do you remember the? Do you remember the closing? I think so. We'll have okay, to see. Let's, let's test it out. Now I'm nervous that I don't. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to pressure you. you no did. pressure. You really sprung this on me. Like I didn't know I had to close the show. Um, okay, guys. If you are not yet please make sure you are following us on Instagram at nobody's pod at Annie underscore Wilk at Bryce advice, the exact same on TikTok. Twitter is at nobody's the pod. Same for our personals. Um, you can also email us at no expert, all opinion at gmail.com. And I just want to say, if you guys could please tell a friend to listen, they have a lot of episodes to binge. And also please, if you listen through Apple um, podcasts, please go on there and leave us a five-star review and tell us how much you love us. Guys, also, we are going to be doing uh, this this season, we are going to introduce a new segment again, once, once again, but we're going to be doing new episodes and they're going to be called Somebody Sessions that we're going to be having guests on and they're yes. going to be of somebody, of some importance. And so hopefully we'll have our first one next week. We won't tell you who it is until they get on here, but uh, we're really excited about that new integration. Also, so if everyone, as I know we've been, I know this was a heavy episode, so I hope you got through it. We won't be all, won't always be like this. Like I said, a lot happened, but if I could implore you to do one other thing is please register to vote if you're legally able to. Um, it's really, really important. It's the only right that you really have to, to, sh- to use your voice freely. And I, I, you know, there's, I'll put, we'll put some uh, links and stuff on our profile but please please register to vote and also have an amazing weekend and more importantly a mediocre week thanks guys the nobody's podcast is produced by me annie wilkinson and bryce mcclay it is recorded in a small crummy apartment in north hollywood california thank you for listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.